Welcome. Welcome to the My Night of Worship. Yeah. We are glad that you are here tonight because we all realize, I, I, I hope, and if, if we haven't when we walked in, I hope we do before we leave, that we know an amazing God. And this God created everything to bring glory and honor and praise to Him. So you and I were created for this purpose that even we're fleshing out tonight, because we are here tonight to make it all about God, to honor Him, to glorify Him, to just magnify Him in our lives and in this place. And that's why we were created. So let's just come into this place tonight. Yeah. Ready to just sort of, this is, this is why we're on planet Earth. And, and this is what we should be doing until we see Jesus face to face one day when we get to heaven. Folks, we've got an unbelievable night of, of worship for you. And, and I just hope that sometime during the evening that you all here at the mine will just thank these folks for being here tonight. And, and I want to thank you. Maybe this is your first time at the mine. I know some of you, this is your first time at the mine. We're so glad to have you here tonight. And again, we just want the mind to always just be about God. And we want this night to be an encouragement, a refreshment, and just a reviving time in your life. So we're glad you're here. Let's open in prayer, and then we're going to let these folks lead us in praising the Lord once again. God, first of all, we just want to humble ourselves before you tonight. We, we want to come before you and, in a sense, bow down before you tonight and, and say, God, we want this night to be all about you. God, would you just fill this place, fill us up with your spirit and fill this place with your spirit so that, Lord, the the walls of this place would just resound and resonate with you and with your goodness, with your greatness, with, with, Lord, how infinite and majestic and magnificent you are. God, help us to even get to a point as we sing these songs that our heart is just overflowing. And God, we just want to invite everyone here tonight to just be a part of, of this tonight. May, may whatever that looks like in their life, just help them to praise you, to worship you, to honor you, to think of you in, in a way, Lord, that maybe they haven't for a long time or they never have. We want this night, Lord, to just truly be a life-changing night in all of our lives so that when we even walk off this church campus tonight, Maybe there aren't even any words to express it. We just go, wow, God, thank you. Thank you for meeting with us. Thank you for once again just revealing yourself to us. And and God, just thank you that we can say, we know the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he knows us. And we ask these things in the precious, holy, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Ah, we're not done yet, folks. We're just getting started. They'll be back out in just a few moments, but I just want to open up the Word of God just for a few moments tonight, just to encourage you all that are here tonight for our night of worship. We're going to suspend our normal study of 1 John and pick that up in a couple weeks when we come back after our Thanksgiving break, but 
If you have your Bibles tonight and you want to follow along, we're going to be starting out in 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, and I just wanted to, for a few moments, just share some thoughts from this story with you tonight. We're going to talk about a young man tonight that's probably my favorite Bible name in the Bible. His name is Mephibosheth. I love that. Mephibosheth. Say it. Mephibosheth. Yeah. In fact, if if we would have had another son, I, I just think Mephibosheth Royce would have been. Calling Fib for short, you know. Fib. But, but here's what I want to say before we dive into this just for a few moments tonight. Just to sort of set the background so that the impact might even be greater. This young man was an outcast in his society. He was crippled with no fault of his own. But especially in that day and age, people with any kind of disability or whatever was sort of shoved to the side. And then he was part of a family that really lost their inheritance. They they blew it. And yet this wonderful story about the king of Israel, David at the time, and how he dealt with this young crippled boy named Mephibosheth has a lot of insight into how God treats us. Because in this passage, I believe that David at that moment is a type of Christ. And so I want us to see this tonight. Just follow along as I read 2 Samuel chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. Then David asked, is anyone still left from the family of Saul so that I may extend kindness to him for the sake of Jonathan? Now there was a servant from Saul's house named Ziba. So he was summoned to David. The king asked him, Are you Ziba? He replied, At your service. The king asked, Is there not someone left from Saul's family that I may extend God's kindness to him? Ziba said to the king, One of Jonathan's sons is left. Both of his feet are crippled. The king asked him, Where is he? Ziba told the king, He is at the house of Machir, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from the house of Machir, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed low with his face toward the ground. David said, Mephibosheth? He replied, Yes, at your service. David said to him, Don't be afraid, because I would certainly extend kindness to you for the sake of Jonathan, your father. I will give back to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will be a regular guest at my table. Then Mephibosheth bowed and said, Of what importance am I, your servant, that you should regard for a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's attendant, and said to him, Everything that belonged to Saul and to his entire house I hereby give to your master's grandson. You will cultivate the land for him, you and your sons and your servants. You will bring its produce and it will be your food for your master's grandson to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will be a regular guest at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Ziba said to the king, your servant will do everything that my lord the king has instructed his servant to do. So don't miss this next 
phrase in verse 11. So Mephibosheth was a regular guest at David's table, just as though he were one of the king's sons. Now Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. All the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. Mephibosheth was living in Jerusalem, for he was a regular guest at the king's table, but both his feet were crippled. Long ago, when I first read this passage, the Lord began to impress upon my heart, Jeff, just as Mephibosheth, someone that was unaccepted and sort of pushed aside and an outcast in his own society, one whose family had forfeited their inheritance and place in society and all of that, comes across a king who extends kindness and grace and love and who invites this young crippled boy to be a regular guest at the king's table. And God spoke to my heart and said to me, Jeff, do you realize you're a Mephibosheth too? That you, because of my invitation are a regular guest at the king's table. Think about that. That King David was the king of Israel, but the king of kings and lord of lords, the creator of, as we've sung, the entire universe who holds the universe in our hands, extends an invitation to every human being to be a regular guest at his table. And folks, the Bible reminds us what that means. That's no small thing. That even though many times as Christians we may live as if we're just living off the crumbs, that we should be living as the princes and princesses of God who are living and partaking of the delicacies of God every day at His table. That's why Paul said in Ephesians 1 verse 3, We have been blessed because God has given us all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Peter tells us that he has bestowed upon us everything we need for life and godliness. Paul tells us in Colossians that because Christ has all the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in Him, that if Christ dwells in us or we dwell in Him, we have all the fullness of God as well. And Paul tells the Philippians in Philippians 4.19 that our God will supply all our need according to His riches in Christ Jesus. Many times we forget as followers of Christ that we could be a regular guest at the King's table. And instead of going through another day, another week, another month, another year, trying to live off the scraps that we put together or that we get somewhere else, that we can literally go to the king of king's table and there's a place for us. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never heard that the God of the universe wants to invite you to be a regular guest at his table. He does. And all you and I need to do is accept that invitation to be a regular guest at the king's table. Now, it's very interesting when you study the Bible, one of the cool things you can do is do 
like word studies. So the Hebrew word for table here in 2 Samuel chapter 9 verse 11 is the Hebrew word shulkan, S-H-U-L-C-A-N. So I started playing around a little bit in my study and wanted to find where else is that word shulkan, the king's table, used. You can leave 2 Samuel now and let's go to that. Very familiar passage, Psalm 23. And in Psalm 23, David again is writing about God's provision for him. Not only when things are going right in life, but especially when things aren't going so right. Even when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Even when I have enemies, and we all have enemies. Jesus had enemies. But notice what David writes, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He takes me to lush pastures, he leads me to refreshing water, he restores my strength, he leads me down the right path for the sake of his reputation. And even when I must walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me, your rod and your staff reassure me. You prepare a feast or a table before me in plain sight of my enemies. You refresh my head with oil. My cup is completely full. Surely your goodness and faithfulness will pursue me all my days. And I will live in the Lord's house for the rest of my life. Folks, that word table or feast in my translation in verse 5 is the word shulkan, a king's table. That even when things aren't going right in my life, God always allows me to be a regular daily guest at his table. And He provides for me even in the times of life that are the hardest and toughest. And it is a strange picture, isn't it? Because if you and I are, are having our lives seemingly closed in and we're under pressure and we've got enemies around us, the last thing we want to do in, a, in any kind of battle or conflict like that is take time to spread out a table and make a nice meal and sit down and eat. We're going to probably grab something and get out. But here's what God, the King, does for us. That even in plain sight of our enemies, even though there are pressures and stressors and, and people maybe, you know, trying to undermine and oppose and obstacles and everything else, that David reminds us that the King of Kings invites us to be a regular guest at his table every day. And even when things are going wrong, I can pull myself up to that chair and I can scooch in to the king of kings table and I can partake of the provision of the God of this universe every day that will sustain me even through the hardest, toughest times of my life. Amen. And then one other passage. Turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 14. Not only does the king invite me to be a regular guest each day at his table to partake of his provision, but he even does it in the toughest times of life. And he even promises to do it for all of eternity. Listen to the words of Jesus. John chapter 14 
beginning at verse 1. Do not let your hearts be distressed. You believe in God, believe also in me. There are many dwelling places in my Father's house. Otherwise, I would have told you because I am going away to make ready a place for you. And if I go and make ready a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me so that where I am, you may be too. Now go back up to the end of verse 2. Jesus told his followers at that time, I'm going away to make ready. Literally in the Greek, I'm going to start setting the table. I'm going to start setting your place at my table, not just for now, not just when times are good and and bad, but throughout all eternity there will be a place and I'm going to go and set that place. And and it's there's going to be an individual place for you and me if we've accepted God's invitation at any time in our life to be part of being a part of the king's table. Not just for now, but for all of eternity. We live in a world where there are many people that wonder, is there a place for me? Is there a place for me in this world? Is there a place for me where I work? Is there a place for me in my neighborhood, in my community? Is there a place for me in a church? We may be rejected and not accepted in many different avenues and venues throughout life. But God reminds us there's always a place for us at His table. And He writes our name on that little card and makes sure that we know even ahead of time that when we get to glory, when we get to heaven, that we won't have to worry and be concerned like, you know, sometimes it's sort of a weird moment, is it, when you go to a wedding or you some, you know, place some function and you've been invited but you sort of still wonder, is my name on one of those cards? Is there going to be my name there? And Jesus says, don't worry. If we've accepted Christ as our personal Savior... That there was a time in our life where we truly believed He is the Son of God who came to this world to set us free from our sins by His own precious blood. That there's a place at the King's table every day in the good times and the bad times. Even in the plain sight of our own enemies. We can still settle down and be at peace and we can partake of His provision even though everything may be, may be squeezing in. God wants me to take time to partake at His table and eat of His delicacies. And then He reminds us, oh, and by the way, it's forever. You know, as we approach the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, I, I can remember growing up and many times as a family... And I'm sure many of you either do or did this. You'd have too many people to go to one table. So you'd have the adult table and you'd have the children's table. And I can remember as I kept getting older, I'd look over and go, I want to be a part of that table. I think I fit in over there. And the cool thing is that Jesus is saying to me again, Jeff, you don't ever have to worry about that. 
there is a place for you at my table. I'm not going to shove you off to some other corner or some other table. You can be a regular guest at the king's table throughout eternity. That's worth praising the Lord about. So as we come to a time of year that we set aside for Thanksgiving, even though it should be a regular part of our spiritual diet, if you will, I wanted to remind us of these things because I think too often, even as Christians, we forget the privilege that we have every day, just like Mephibosheth, of being invited regularly to be a guest at the king's table and to be there in the good times and the bad times and to know that we have a place at the king's table throughout all of eternity. Folks, That's worth thanking God for. That's worth praising God for. That's worth worshiping God for. Because it's going to be through that provision that we get when we scooch our chair up to that king's table that will give us all the strength, all the grace, all the power, all the resources, everything we need to navigate life and to get through everything life throws at us. When we struggle as Christians, it's because we're not scooching up to his table and and truly, in the right way, taking advantage of being invited to the king's table and partaking from that table. So folks, tonight, that's part of what the mind's all about, reminding us of what the king's table's all about and what delicacies the king lays out for us every day. And what are the resources that God gives to us if we'll just scooch ourselves up to that table and spend some time at the king's table every day as his regular guest? And then there also comes a moment that as we realize how blessed we have been because we're a regular guest, that we can turn into a David and begin to look for Mephibosheths in our life that God wants us to invite. Simply because God has been so good and blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places and given us everything we need for life and godliness and supplied all our need according to His riches and glory that that we simply just want to share God's blessing with others. Whether it be physical, emotional, or spiritual. So in closing tonight, Turn back to the Gospel of Luke, to Luke chapter 14. I love this little reminder from Jesus. Jesus tells us in John four, or excuse me, Luke 14, verse 12. He said also to the man who had invited him, when you host a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends always. He's not saying never invite your friends. Don't always invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors so you can be invited by them in return and get repaid. But when you host an elaborate meal, when you roll out your king's table, invite the poor. Invite the crippled, the lame, the Mephibosheths and the blind. Then you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. 
for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Folks, we're going to end tonight with a couple of songs. As we conclude this night of worship at the mine, I want us to, as we sing these songs and engage in worshiping our Lord, just do it out of a heart that reminds us, I'm a regular guest at the king's table. A regular guest at the king's table. Not just for now, but forever. There's a place for you. Won't you accept his invitation tonight? And if you've already accepted that invitation, let's scooch back up and let's dive in for some more of the king's delicacies. Shall we? All right. Let's bring these guys back out. Thanks again for being here tonight. I'll be back out in just a few moments. Folks, many of us, many of us every year, We push ourselves away from that Thanksgiving table and we're full. Can't eat another thing. God wants to fill us up like that. Too often as Christians, we're trying to get filled up with the crumbs of the world rather than sitting at the table of the King and partaking of the things that He provides. Let's not go another day of our lives not stepping up to that table and being a regular guest at the table that the king invites us to. Folks, a couple of reminders tonight. First of all, don't forget that next Tuesday, the week of Thanksgiving, we will not have the mine next Tuesday. But we are going to close out this year with three mines to finish out First John. So please come back on December the 1st, the 8th, and the 15th. Those three Tuesdays in December, we will have the mine and we will finish strong in the book of 1 John. I'd love to have you come out. And here's a little taste. How many of you ever ever struggle, even as a Christian, with thinking that God has punished you or is punishing you for something? Come back on December 1st. We're going to talk about that. I think it'll be an encouragement for you. Secondly... We want to be a blessing to others. We have an opportunity even here tonight. The angel tree is out there. The folks are out there. If you'd like to sign up to be a part of helping someone experience Christmas on a higher level than what they ever could on their own, that's opportunities out there for you tonight. And then finally tonight, we have our mind mingle. And we have been given uh, unbelievable food that's just been donated to us tonight. And so I want you to go out there tonight. I want you to enjoy God. I want you to enjoy each other. And I want you to enjoy a lot of great food out there tonight. All right? All right. Guys, I want to thank you all for being here. Let's give these folks. Thank you. And if I don't get a chance to say this before... Before it, have a wonderful, happy, blessed, glorious Thanksgiving. And let's come back in December and let's dive back into studying God's Word. God, guys, God bless you. Thank you for being here. We'll see you.